0: Welcome back to the Essentially You Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I am here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Now, before we jump into this quick and impactful episode I wanna just let you know that I am recording this from a hotel room in Utah without my super sexy mic and not gonna lie, I am a bit sleep deprived because that's how it goes sometimes with an infant, especially when you're traveling. But my commitment to you is strong and I want you to know that you are gonna get a lot out of this episode. What I'm sharing in this episode today has changed how and when I eat according to my cycle. As I have shared in the past, We can use our menstrual cycle to really optimize how we do life, especially when we understand it and work with it. So let's do this. Did you know that your menstrual cycle has an impact on your glucose metabolism and insulin sensitivity? Now this really speaks to your menstrual cycle being your fifth vital sign, and it's why I can't emphasize enough the need to track your cycle using an easy app like Kendara and Flow. Now, if you think about it, our menstrual cycle relies on a healthy metabolism, thyroid hormones, critical nutrients, healthy hormones, gut health, and so much more. And today, I wanna quickly speak to the bigger picture. It's pretty clear that reproduction is a very complex process. For women, reproduction involves a great deal of change and growth and massive demands of energy. Let's be honest, we've all felt that right when we have required a lot of energy expenditure during our menstrual cycle. Now, perhaps for these reasons, women's fertility and reproductive health appear to be so much more intimately linked with insulin and insulin resistance than men. But most people would never imagine that insulin plays any role in reproduction, let alone such an essential one. And yet, insulin is absolutely necessary for normal reproduction, giving this complex relationship which I plan to dive in deeper on next Friday's episode, so stay tuned if you wanna learn about how insulin resistance can lead to PCOS, gestational diabetes, and other metabolically-driven issues in women. Now, in regards to your menstrual cycle, what we know to be true is that the menstrual cycle is separated into the follicular phase, which is pre-ovulation, It's when estrogen is at its highest. That's days one through 14 if we were to do a 28-day cycle. And then we have the luteal phase, which is after ovulation, which is days 15 to 28. Again, on a 28 day cycle. I recognize that not every one cycle it runs on 28 days, that anywhere between 24 and 32 days is considered very normal. Now, the follicular phase is characterized by low progesterone, I'm talking about really low progesterone, basically almost non-existent progesterone, and a rise and fall of estrogen. And then the luteal phase, which is the second phase after ovulation, demonstrates a slight rise in estrogen and a mega rise in progesterone. This is where progesterone is significantly higher than estrogen in the body, with a drop in both during the second half of the luteal phase before menstruation, which is day one due to a lack of a fertilized egg, right? We bleed because we're not pregnant. Now during this 28 day menstrual cycle, again, 28 days on average, our body engages in energetically intense processes like ovulation and building up the uterine lining garden to receive a fertilized egg in case that actually goes down. During these very energetic processes that happen every single month, Our two major sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone play a vital role in energy metabolism, insulin sensitivity and how glucose is processed in the body. So what I'm saying here is estrogen and progesterone are playing a major role in how we utilize our metabolism, how our insulin levels are functioning and really how we're utilizing sugar every single day in the body to make energy. To simply break it down, we know that estrogens in our body seem to promote insulin sensitivity and progesterone promotes insulin resistance. Now, I will say as a caveat, progesterone is also a stress support hormone. When we lose progesterone in our 40s, even in our late 30s, we can start to become more insulin resistant, but not as much as when we lose estrogen. Estrogen is the ticket to insulin sensitivity, and that's when we really start to see numbers climb in women with insulin resistance. And I'm talking about 80% of women in the United States after the age of like 45 have insulin resistance because we begin to lose estrogen. Now research has shown that glucose concentrations in the luteal phase, that post-ovulation phase, are significantly higher than in the follicular phase, the pre-ovulation phase. And what we see in some studies is there is an increase in insulin resistance in healthy women during the luteal phase of their menstrual cycle. This is when the progesterone to estrogen ratio is high in comparison to the follicular phase when the estrogen to progesterone ratio is high. This suggests that the reduction in insulin sensitivity during the luteal phase depends on the increased level of progesterone. So what does this mean exactly? Well, it means that the second half of our luteal cycle, usually between day 20 and day 28, you know that week right before our period starts, the week when we experience PMS symptoms. I mean, not all of us do, but many of us do we are naturally more insulin resistant and more prone to inflammation. I don't know about you, but oh, uh uh-uh, like that totally freaks me out, and here is why. During the time when we crave carbs the most in our menstrual cycle, we are also the most insulin resistant, which feels extremely counterintuitive and honestly, a bit unfair. I just want you to just settle into that for a moment because this finding is huge. Basically, I'm just going to repeat again. We are more insulin resistant and more prone to inflammation right before our period, that week before our period, when we want all the chocolate and ice cream and brownies, right? That's the time where we are craving all these things. So what do we do? How do we begin to navigate this? because a lot of us do go into an inflamed state. We do increase insulin resistance and that causes all kinds of metabolic issues for us in that last week before our period. So given this new and important information, here is what I recommend. Number one, still honor your body during this time of your cycle. Give yourself and your body a break. This is not the time to do hardcore workouts, to do big time business meetings, to show up for everyone in your family in a big, big way, because doing all of that, especially over-exercising, can stress the body and increase cortisol and insulin. So if you even do, if you decide you wanna do weight training, consider the morning time when cortisol is naturally high and keep it under 30 minutes. But really, this is the perfect time for walks in nature or on the beach, hiking, yoga, Pilates, and impromptu midday dance parties to Alicia Keys and Beyonce. Like, that's what we should be doing in these seven days leading into our menstruation and those couple of days in menstruation, right? When you feel like it's time to listen to your body, slow it down, you know, just really keep it calm, do the self care. Do that, right? Don't try to fight through that. Don't try to resist that. Don't try to push through it. I spent years and years pushing through that and felt like complete garbage, right? Because it just wasn't what my body was needing. Next, be selfish and don't get caught up in other people's drama. This is the time to be introspective and to be all about you. This is a great time for more indulgent self-care, not just the non-negotiable self-care, if you are open to that. So a nice bubble bath, a massage, maybe a movie night with your besties, a real yummy smoothie from your favorite juice place. I mean, whatever is great, healthy self-care for you. Falling behind on your self-care these days in particular can be a real struggle so if you are needing some inspiration and gentle daily accountability to focus on you I do want to recommend you grabbing my daily self-care journal with five minutes of journal prompts that set the tone for your day on your terms and I'm gonna have the link to the self-care journal in the show notes for this episode 286 next listen to your body and go to bed when you start to feel tired Do not try to slip in that extra episode of the show that you're watching that accidentally pushes your bedtime to 10.30 p.m. or later. And finally, last but not least, clearly the big needle mover here is nutrition, right? No surprise, so I've got a lot of tips for nutrition. First, be mindful about what you eat and when you eat it since your body is more insulin resistant and driven towards more inflammatory states. This is so, so critical. I'm gonna explain to you exactly what to eat and when to eat and how. And again, these are just tips. Every single person's body is different, but this is what I've seen to help most of us, especially during this time of the month. Here are some simple tips to help you optimize your blood sugar and insulin levels the last week of the follicular phase. First and foremost, since I get this question a lot, this is not the time to go hard with intermittent fasting. Again, it's not the time to go hard on anything. We do not want to stress the system because that leads to insulin resistance in its own right. But I do still like to recommend a 12-hour fast without food between dinner and breakfast the next day. This gives your cells and mitochondria the rest and reset they deserve. With that in mind, consider eating earlier dinners around 5 p.m. or 6 p.m., since you are always more insulin resistant at night given our natural 24-hour circadian rhythms. So yes, you're more insulin resistant at the end of the luteal phase of your cycle and you are naturally more insulin resistant every single night after about 5 p.m. As we naturally wind down in the evening, our metabolism does the same. So eating earlier and focusing on protein and veggies for dinner is the best way to optimize your body during the late part of your luteal cycle. And lastly, if you can, avoid late-night snacks and eating, especially foods that are sugary and carb in nature. Your body will have to store those extra calories as fat instead of utilizing them because it is not in fat-burning mode at that time. It is in go-to-bed mode. So instead, what I recommend, because I know people are always like, well, what do you do instead? Is I recommend making a tea and do an herbal tea. My favorite herbal teas are rooibos teas because they taste really creamy. And I add a touch of unsweetened almond milk and a sprinkle of cinnamon and it makes it a little bit creamier and smoother and just more indulgent. This always satisfies my sweet tooth craving, especially when I'm feeling like I deserve a treat after dinner. And here's the thing, especially when you've had a stressful, exhausting day, Self-soothing with food can feel really good on an emotional level, but it has a negative impact on our metabolism and it will majorly spike our blood sugar levels. I know because I have done this once or twice to see what happens on with my CGM, my continuous glucose monitor, and I'll tell you right now, It took until the next night or two mornings later to get my fasting blood sugar back into its normal range. So when we eat super late at night when we're already insulin resistant, it takes a hot minute for your body to recalibrate, especially your blood sugar levels and your metabolism. And during that time, it just opens the door for more inflammation. So I just wanted to speak into the fact that late night treats and snacks add up especially when we are more insulin resistant by nature and that is at the end of that luteal cycle. So when is the best time to focus on carby foods during this time of the month and really in general? Well, it's the morning. The morning is the best time because that's when your metabolism is most active and when we are utilizing glucose as energy throughout the day. This is a great time to have a green smoothie or fruit like berries and pairing it with protein. Now, if you're looking for some amazing green smoothie recipes and shake recipes, I am sharing my best recipes that literally, I've been making green smoothies for over a decade and I have basically taken all of my favorite recipes that taste the best, that that will just rock your socks and I have put them into a great healthy shake and smoothie guide. Now, I'm going to have this in the show notes as well for episode 286. Now, I always recommend protein at every single meal, along with fiber, aka veggies, to give your body the right building blocks and to support your liver and gut health. You know, we always have got to support the liver and the gut. Now, when incorporating carbs, focus on sweet potatoes, squashes, berries, and other complex healthy carbs so that you feel satisfied without spiking your blood glucose. This is why, again, I love green smoothies so much in the morning because you do get to incorporate the greens, the berries, the healthy fats. I mean, everything is there and it's literally the perfect time to do it is in the morning. Now, if you want to learn more about the impact of certain carbs and sugar on our metabolism, especially us as women, check out episode literally last week, episode 284, What a Continuous Glucose Monitor Taught Me About My Metabolism. This was such an insightful episode because I learned so much about how and when to eat based on what happened with my metabolism and my blood sugar spikes. Lastly, super, super important, you wanna be focusing on foods and drinks that support you during this time of the month gonna be protein sources, water, tea, healthy carbs, healthy fats like olive oil and avocado, and lots and lots of veggies. So those are gonna be the big foods. And these are the foods I talk about for balancing our hormones every single day, right? Healthy fats, healthy protein, and fiber in the form of leafy vegetables and all kinds of vegetables. Those are gonna be things that's always gonna be the healthiest for our bodies, definitely healthy for our sex hormones and our hormones in general. So there is no surprise that when I was reading to this research, that ultimately the foods that I normally recommend for us as women are the foods that are gonna be the most beneficial for us, especially at the end of our luteal cycle. Now lastly, make sure that you are taking your supplements. We need critical vitamins and nutrients for our body. So what are the critical ones for helping to support insulin sensitivity and our metabolism? Activated B vitamins, the whole gamut of B vitamins, right? They're must, 15 to 25 milligrams of zinc, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, 5,000 units of vitamin D3. And then the really, really big players, and honestly, those are what we need every day, all the time. And the really big players for supporting healthy insulin levels are 300 milligrams of magnesium glycinate, 200 micrograms of chromium. Chromium is a power player when it comes to stabilizing insulin levels, used a lot for type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetics. 300 to 500 milligrams of berberine, same thing as chromium, powerful at helping to reset our insulin levels. 600 milligrams of alpha lipoic acid, ALA, phenomenal for our mitochondrial function and just overall energy. 2,000 milligrams of myanositol and 50 milligrams of d-chiral inositol. Again, these are power players when it comes to helping to support insulin levels. Now, I happen to carry several of these supplements in my Essentially Whole store, including my Metabolic Restore blend, which has almost all of the ingredients I mentioned just now, and the Adrenal Love, which again is a major player here when it comes to supporting our insulin levels. Now, my entire line is dedicated, no surprise, to healing nutrient deficiencies found when our hormones are imbalanced. My goal here is to always help fill in those gaps so that your body has a building blocks to heal naturally. That is what I wanted to share with you today. I hope that you have some pretty big takeaways that you're walking away with and that you're able to kind of work with your menstrual cycle, especially when it is definitely having a major impact on our insulin sensitivity and our glucose metabolism and overall metabolism. As always, I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the Essentially You podcast, especially these solo episodes, which I pour my heart and soul into. If you're loving this episode, definitely go and rate it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I I want to share really quickly who is coming up on the next episode. I am invited, Jody Cohen, who is a new author, to talk about what oils, what essential oils, are going to boost your brain alertness and focus? I'm really excited about this episode because I love using essential oils for energy, focus, concentration, alertness. I'll tell you right now, because I have been so sleep deprived in doing my research and even doing these episodes, like recording episodes, I am using my oils like nobody's business. So I'm really excited to dive into this episode with Jody because I love Instant Wins for you. And these little instant wins can make a massive difference on how you are functioning at work or with your family or in relationships. Because when we're able to fire on all cylinders, we're able to just give more and be more present, which I think is so, so important. So until then, have an amazing weekend. And I just hope you're having the best summer right now. Talk to you soon.